Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, Do you know what I know? In your palace warm, mighty king, Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere. Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. yourself a merry little Christmas let yourself be light from now on our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little Christmas make the yuletide gay from now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yours. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. The years we all will be together If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself A merry little Christmas now Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough. A merry little Christmas. Mm -hmm. 
What child is this who lays to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping?
before the king. Christmas, everybody. I hope Merry Christmas, Walden. I hope everybody's doing well. I know Patricia is. She sounds wonderful. And I'm feeling good. I have something to say. Well, okay. <clears throat> let, 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 let me wrap the table. Ladies and gentlemen, the next word you hear is from the good lady of Florida. Here she is, Patricia. Walden, if we got paid for this, We'd have to give the money back. Oh, that's no. too much fun. I was sitting there counting how many nice people were our guests over the last two days, and we had 12 people. We had 12 people. Let me go through the list here. All right. If you were not with us yesterday, here's what you missed. You missed the mayor of North Pole, Alaska. You missed... Kathy Stucker at the Johnham Down store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas, with the Lumen Abner Museum. They are in the original Dick Huddleston store. If anybody is a Lumen Abner fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not and you've never heard the show, I will send them to you. Mm -hmm. They are must hear. So that was great fun. Yeah. Then we had Mr. Tucker from Christmas, Florida, and his wife. And later, he came back, and his wife was with him, and that was fun. Yes. At 7 o'clock, Ron from Hawaii called in, or Walden surprised him and called him first. Yeah. And he played Christmas carols for us, and it was wonderful. Yeah. So that's what you missed. And if you weren't with us at still at that point, you missed the supervisor, the town supervisor, and one of his staff members from Holly. Michigan, yep, and Mr. Was... Tucker from Christmas, Florida, came back. Right. Um, we, we had Frank, Frank Z. Walden played the early portion of the annual, I mean, really, it is an annual <laughs> special type show, the Our Miss Brooks show, The Magic Christmas Tree. She bought a Christmas tree from a boy who was making the rounds with this terrible sob story about, you know, people having to take care of kids and his family and his mother was sick and yada, 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 and she buys this Christmas tree. Well, Frank was the kid in that show, so mm -hmm. Walden played it while Frank was with us. He called Frank, and we sat and listened to it for a while and talked for a little bit about that, so if you weren't with us, you missed Frank Brzee. 
and Walden called NORAD, the military group, all volunteers at the Air Force Base in Colorado Springs, and they track Santa for kids. Now, at 11 o'clock, around 11 o'clock, was that about the time you called them the first uh-huh. time? About 11 o'clock, yep. About 11 o'clock, they had, they were expecting about 80,000 calls. They were at 74,000. They were expecting that they would really go overboard and hit it at 80,000 this year. And I was Commander Lewis at the time that we talked to about I was Commander call. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Later on, we talked with Major... Humphrey. Humphrey, thank you. I knew it was an H. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Major Humphrey, and this was perhaps 1 or one thirty. Uh-huh. We had three, uh-huh. three hours ago, so it was about... Uh, you know, close to two in the morning, your time. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And they had they had three hours or four hours to go? Three. Three hours. Okay, with three hours still to go, they were past the 80,000 mark. They had fielded 80,000 phone calls from children asking them where Santa was. They are staffed with 2,500 volunteer service people who sit at those phones and tell the kids where Santa is. They talk with them if they have questions about Santa or they want to deliver a message to Santa. They are absolutely a fabulous group of people. And that's NORAD, N-O-R-A-D, military group. And they're they're volunteering their time for this. Uh, The the last one we talked with, Major Humphrey, Mm -hmm. had been there for he said 20 hours, and I thought he said he had four hours left, but maybe 21 hours and three hours left. Something In any like event, that. he was up and fielding phone calls for mm-hmm. 24 hours yeah. and then would go home and have Christmas with his fiance and his family. Right. I mean, that's just incredible. Well, and remember, Commander Lewis had two kids at home, and he was waiting to, when he got off, he was going to go grab a plane to go to on the East Coast to visit family in Virginia and New in, Jersey. In Virginia, yes. So, I mean, these... This was not, they were kind of peddling around, not knowing what to do for Christmas, so they thought they'd sign up for volunteer work. I mean, this was really a significant uh, gift that they gave to the American people. And it wasn't even the American people. They get calls from all over the world. They get calls that, that come in. And we were taking callers and playing trivia, and at 11.35, Mike Handy joined us. Mm-hmm. And we spent some time talking with Mike and his about his family and his traditions and the kinds of Christmas celebrations that they do. And we had asked Mike if he would do the Bible reading of the Nativity. And he pre-recorded it for us. It was absolutely wonderful. He did such a great job. He read the entire Bible passage, the entire, I don't know which, would that have been Luke, out of Luke? Well... It was either Matthew or Luke, because those were the only two, um, yeah. uh, so... Probably Luke. It probably like It was probably yeah. out of the uh, Gospel of Luke. Gospel 2, chapter 2, yeah. Okay, and he read that, and that that was a recording. We say goodnight to Mike. Walden tapped it in and plugged it in. It ended at 12.02 mm-hmm. Eastern Time, just in time for the first American time zone. Mm-hmm to welcome Christmas. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, uh, Walden played his annual Hallelujah Chorus. <laughs> 
and it was just wonderful. I mean, how could you duplicate a night like that? <sighs> that was but 11. I miscounted. So we had 11 people yesterday uh -huh. and two today. And we had two today. So, um, gosh, we've, we've really had, we've had a time of it. And Walden has the interview with Kathy Stucker at the Jotham Down store yep. and the one with Doug Isaacson, yep. who is mayor of North Pole, Alaska. Walden has both of those, and either, I guess, tonight or maybe next week or in upcoming weeks, he'll play them because not everybody could be with us at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern. And that's when those two started. So, so we have had a wonderful Christmas program. Walden, we'd have to if we got paid for this, we'd have to give it back and pay ourselves. Uh, what should we do anyway? I mean, you know, we'd have to give the money back and pay them for I allowing know. us to do it. I know. You, you know, you're such a good interviewer, Patricia. Gosh, thank you. I'm a good listener. I love to hear people talk about things that they're familiar with and they know well and, you know, just ask them a question and let them give us the information. It's just wonderful. He was wonderful. Dave was wonderful. How, now, I think you and I probably have different approaches to an interview. How do you how do you do it? And, and also, Patricia takes notes while she's listening. That probably helped go back to a certain point that she wants to cover later. Talk about your process. How did you prepare for this, these interviews? For, for this one? Or any of them? For any of them. Um, I do a lot of homework. I look for it. Now, these were a little bit different because these were Christmas, and I didn't know anything about Dave. And what I needed from him is for him to give us the information that I ordinarily would have gone out to look for ahead of time. And he did. I mean, he was just wonderful. But normally, we'll take, like, with Sarah, Sarah Karloff. Uh -huh. I started out at her website, which is karloff.org, and read as much as I could up there. I watched the 15-minute, you bet, uh, not you bet your life, this is your life presentation that Ralph Edwards did with him many years ago, with, with Boris Karloff many years ago. I like his work. I went to YouTube and I watched some of the movies. And then I searched and searched and searched and found some interviews and interview excerpts from people who had talked with her. And I was able to grab some nuggets there that I, I suspected were probably not on the most commonly asked list. And I never ask people, I say never, I almost never ask people yes-no questions because that's what you'll get. And how did you feel about that is not one of my most popular questions. I will ask things instead of tell me, tell me what people ask you, I will ask something like tell me the top two questions you hear or the most the three most frequent questions you hear or the two stupidest questions you've ever got put a number on it if you put a number on it you get some wonderful answers if you if you just leave the poor person free floating they're not really quite sure what you're looking for and it's hard for them to pick it out of their heads so i really go into an interview very well prepared uh, i've usually got three well, of course, pages are, you know, I, I double space and triple space, but I usually have three or four pages of questions. And as a person answers a question before I even ask it, I just cross it off. If they're moving into new territory, I just go with them unless they're so far out 
that we're we're losing track of of our mission. But I'm I'm really a, a meticulous preparer. I, I do an awful lot of reading, an awful lot of research, and really carefully word my questions. Amen. You asked. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. I think it's good. I think it's good that that um that you got a great style. Well, it works for me. Yeah. It works for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If 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 I'm having a conversation with somebody and I want to know everything that they know, that's different. If I'm talking with someone who, um. Someone who, who has been interviewed before, someone who is in a highly specific area, I, I really, I go in with questions. I need to do my homework. I need to do my homework. I need to know as much as I can so that I can ask intelligent questions, especially if we go off in a direction that I wasn't familiar with. Right, like what, when, right. when we talked with Sarah, right? I don't know how many people would have grasped or even understood ahead of time without a little preparation that the victim in the Frankenstein movies was the monster. He literally was the victim of that movie. Um, and so many of the things that tend to, to slide past people because they look at the large picture, I'm detail-oriented and I look for little things, and it seems to make a difference when I talk to people. It made a difference to Sarah Karloff that I had found the picture that she appreciated most that her father had done. Yep. I agree. So that kind of stuff. And I, I wouldn't have known that. I would have wound up asking what everybody else asked, what's your favorite picture? Mm -hmm. Well, everybody asks that question. I found it and said, this is what I found. Is that true? And tell me why. Mm -hmm which is an, an entirely different way to ask for the same information, but you get more and better that way. All right, tonight, if you think about it, <clears throat> our first guest, um, I thought um, she opened up more than I thought maybe she might. She was a, mm -hmm. a quiet person, I think we all noticed, but yes. she stayed with you, and she that was good. She stayed with me because I stayed... In the beginning, I stayed in the territory that I knew she was comfortable with. Right. And that was the post office, it was the kids, it was the contest, mm -hmm. and she was really comfortable and happy talking about that. And once we had a good conversation going, I could go in different directions. Mm -hmm. If I had started out with, tell me about life in Santa Claus, Indiana, and what goes on in the post office every year and what kind of celebrations you have, I, should, I just would have overwhelmed her. Uh -huh. And Dave was a different story. Dave... Dave, you could not overwhelm. All no. you had to say was, please tell me. And by golly, he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful interview that was. Because yeah, I didn't even have to ask anything. No, great learning experience. He knew what we needed to know. Yeah. 7-1... Okay, give us a call and let us know if you know how to prospect now so you can become a miner. Mm -hmm. I just love that distinction. I, I assumed, and I, I was pretty much on track, if you're mining and digging and taking something out of a mine, um, you're a miner, and if you're prospecting, you're looking for something to take out of the ground. Yeah. So I was pretty close, but he, he was even a little bit more specific than that. So give us a call. Let us know if you enjoyed hearing about Humbug, Arizona, and how proud you are of me for having found it. Hooray! Seven one four 
545-2071. You have any nomination for next year, let us know. If, uh, if, if, you, if you think we haven't started work on July, you're wrong. I've already thought about July. And I'm working on it, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there. There you go. So you like to give us a call. The lines are open. We can, we can play our trivia. We get talk about Christmas. If you just want to be with us as family, we're here, too. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. I've got trivia tonight. I've got Christmas trivia. Ho, ho, ho. You thought you were going to get away with it, but... We've got it. Yes, really. And I've got things like Christmas ornaments from around the world. Hooray! Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Let me do the Christmas ornaments from around the world. This okay. is good. Okay. In Sweden. Now, this is on the Internet, so I have to believe it's true, right? In Sweden, in the Scandinavian country, they use straw ornaments and animals on their trees. Now, when she says, or this says animals, I'm assuming straw animals. They don't, you know, whip the cat and stick it on the tree. I would I would think of the nativity scene, the, the donkey, the... Uh you know, the different animals that you would oh, think would be... Oh, I see. Okay. That's what I would... Be. Yeah. They don't, they don't pick up the cat from the corner no. and plop it on top of the uh-huh. tree. This that, is good. That would be my thinking. Uh, that, and that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Little figurines of animals. Mm-hmm. Straw, ornaments, and animals. Okay. In Brazil, since Christmas comes in the summer in South America, Brazilians use small bits of cotton on their trees to simulate snow. Wow. I like that. Yeah, that's good. In Germany, the Germans still excel in decorating their Christmas trees. In addition to the universal decorations, candles and gingerbread men are often found on the tree. They still use candles there. Isn't that charming? Nigeria, the African country, typically uses ornaments made from palm fronds. Palm fronds are the, you know, the leaves with the... You know, like fans. Oh, okay. Okay, I was trying to figure out what that was. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, you know what it looks like. Uh-huh. You know, it's got fingers all in different okay. directions. Yep. Okay, in the yep. Philippines, instead of a star, this Asian island nation puts Santa Claus at the top of the tree. Really? How neat. Huh. I like that. Okay. Poland. Polish Christmas trees are traditionally decorated with shiny apples, walnuts, candles, and silver-wrapped chocolate. I like that. Okay, good. That's good. Japan, the small number of Christians in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that that was um, that there was uh, in the minority. You know, really minority. Small number of Christians in Japan decorate their trees with elaborate and colorful origami, folded paper birds and animals. Origami is a form of art. They take colored paper and fold them in special ways in special directions, and they have birds with wings and little animals, and it's really adorable. They're, they're just wonderful. I never got the hang of origami. I always wound up with creases in my paper that weren't supposed to be there. Uh, so that's it. That, those are my Christmas ornaments from around the world. I wonder what country really, uh, I, I want to say anybody's ever done a history of, of Christmas, I, you know, see where uh, all the cultures and celebration came from. Oh, yes. You know, there's got to be. Oh, yes. You know. It's all out there. I just didn't download That's all of okay. it. That's okay. We'll ask something for next year. Okay. What are you asking? <laughs> okay. No. You can say no, Walden. I have hey, other no. I said I got other stuff planned. And I said, okay. 
No, it's okay. Well, no, I would do that for sure. Well, okay. I would, I would do it. I know. I mean, gee, what is, gee. you know? 714 You want to talk to Teeny? She's here, too. Teeny's here? Yeah. 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 714-545-2071. Let me see what else I have here. I know I got some good stuff. Let's see. Holiday towns, nativity, nativity music, notes, plants, schedule, trivia. I already opened up. Let's see here. Let's see here. Christmas, Boxing Day. Oh, Boxing Day. We need to talk about Boxing Day because it's 12.01 here, and that means it's Boxing Day in the East. Now, what is Boxing Day? Boxing Day is, it is, I know what it is now because I looked it up in July. Okay, the 26th of December is also called St. Stephen's Day. Boxing Day is a public holiday that forms part of the Christmas festivities in most of the countries that were once part of the British Empire. So, England and Scotland and um, Ireland and Wales, Wales. all those goody places up there. Okay, it was originally the first working day after Christmas, but it is now always celebrated on December 26th, regardless of which day of the week it falls on. Christmas boxes were gifts, usually money, given to tradespeople or others who have rendered some service throughout the year, but who aren't normally paid directly by the donor, for example, office cleaners or milkmen. So they were little Christmas gifts. Very nice. It was specifically for people who did work for the upper-level gentry. Right. Fun. Okay. Now, see, I, I did good homework. Uh-huh. You have. I yeah. I done good. Wait, look, I learn every time I'm with you. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, this is good. Yeah. 714-545-2071. I have Christmas trivia. I have a trivia question for Walden. Oh, I forgot to say, last night we played The Grinch, too. We did. The we Grinch, did. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, narrated by uh, Boris Karloff. And actually, I guess, although, because it's an MP3 recording, and it's an, it, it really is a narration when we listen to it, but when you watch it, it's also Boris Karloff. He did, he did The Grinch. It's just a, a recording of the animated presentation of how the Grinch stole Christmas, and Boris Karloff is the narrator there. Oh my gosh, he was good. Golly, he was good. The inflections and the mean stuff and the cute stuff, and he was just wonderful. I just enjoy his work so much. I wish he were still with us. Yeah. So I have Walden's question, and I have trivia questions for people. Are you still with us out there? Well, let's give out a couple of trivia questions. That might spur a couple of calls. Okay. Let's All do that. All right. Let's see. We've got, oh, I've got trivia, trivia, trivia. Anybody out there can tell me what famous Christmas hymn uh, was constructed for a guitar? Yeah, I can. I can. Good, good, good. So I'll know whether or not somebody has. Uh huh. You can you can you can say yes or wrong on that one. I can. Okay. Okay. Here's here's a Christmas one for you. This is this is for not for you you. Yeah yeah. For you everybody. Yeah. Um. In the Christmas show, it's a wonderful life. What happened when a bell rang? We've asked that one before, so somebody ought to have it. 
Now, here's one that's a puzzler for some people, and I'm not going to accept the wrong answer on this one. Ralph, if you're listening, it's an either-or question. I don't know <laughs> if you want to give a shot at it. Which is the correct name of the Clement Moore poem? Is it Twas the Night Before Christmas or A Visit from St. Nicholas? That's a good one. What's I the, know it. Well, it's the official title, okay. Yeah. And now we've got Walden's question. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's give it a good college try. Okay, the good college try. Now, I know in my heart, no matter what he says, Walden did not listen to the Grinch last night. Okay. Am I right? Well, I heard bits and pieces, but I went in snacky poo. Well, let's see if you heard the right bits and pieces, because your question is a Grinch question. All right. What was the name of the Grinch's dog? Dead air, Walden. Walden, we have dead air. Did you leave? Walden's gone. Walden. The question is, what was the Grinch's dog's name? Well, I know it's not Cindy Hoo-Hoo. <laughs> well, Cindy Hoo-Hoo wasn't there either. It was Cindy Lou-Hoo. <laughs> Cindy Lou Who? I don't know, Patricia. You got me. Oh, gosh. Should we put, and it's should, a Christmas what, question, too. Walden? Well, let's put that out to the audience. I don't know. Can, can anybody help? 714-545-207. What's with the name of the Grinch's dog? We'll see if anybody else was listening last mm -hmm. night, even if they were. I know the dog's name wasn't mentioned very often. It might have only been mentioned once. Well, uh, you know, Patricia plays tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay, new callers, if you call for the first time, if you have not called Walden and me ever before, you can have called the station, but not Walden and me. If you call us, you automatically get a CD with your favorite shows on them. Not like Fred. He not only wants his favorite <laughs> shows, he wants particular favorite shows. Go hunting for a ghost story that is a true ghost story. Don't send me something that isn't a true ghost story. Those are the kinds of things Fred asks for. So if you really like me and you're really kind, you'll just tell me what your favorite shows are and I'll get you something. Uh, I think you're going to ask for Christmas shows for squirrels in one year. <laughs> I don't know if I could... I, I guess the best I could do is a tree grows in Brooklyn and assume that it had a squirrel. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I mean, when it comes to squirrels, uh, I was going to say something about my family, but I think I won't. Okay. 714-545-207. We do have Christmas shows that we're planning to play tonight. So, you know, the family still could be out celebrating. Or taking a nap from the meal and going to wake just, up here in a little bit. We we understand that. Just plain exhausted. Yes. Because we kept them up until unreasonable hours this morning. What do you mean unreasonable? Well, you have to admit it was unreasonable. Now, it's normal for us. You know, following the natural bird progression, this is Saturday. Yes. 
Friday. It's, it's our time. Okay, so Thursday, I sounded like a goose. Yes. <laughs> and Friday, I had progressed to a duck. Uh-huh. So today, I think I'm up to swan. And by next week, I should be chirping like a cardinal. A swan. It's a beautiful bird. Yeah, it's also a honker. <laughs> it honks <laughs> like a goose. <laughs> well, you, you, uh, you, you did great. You, I know you're under the weather and everything no, I'm else. Fine. I just, you know, I, I sound like I belong. Well, you had a in a baseball dugout somewhere. <laughs> hey, what you doing out there? Yeah. Oh. I'm, my throat is a little sore, but that's all. That's pretty good, my dear. You done good. Got a cough. <laughs> really, I'm I'm fine compared to what some people are walking around with this week. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And except that somebody did walk around with it this week, I wound up sick. Aww. That's not nice. You know, if you if you're coughing and sneezing, and just doing it at people. We're all going to get sick. Don't do that to me. You know, that. that's why they all, some people are so proud that they're sick in the dog and they still go to work. Hey, I know. Everybody. No. You know, and they crawl off the planes and they say, oh, God, <laughs> I thought we'd never make it. And I want to say, why did you? you know? <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I don't know. But, you know, it's, it, it's almost humorous now. Because I know which store I got it in. I could hear somebody really coughing on the other end of the store. Or uh, I guess it was on the other aisle. And I said, okay, I'll start from the other end of the store. And I walked way over to the other end of the store. <laughs> I turned around. Don't you know this woman is behind me? She she went down here too. So okay, I'll go to the middle aisle. I went to the middle aisle, and she's coming up the other way. No matter where I was, this woman who was hacking and coughing and sniffling, she was there. I was doomed. Aww. And I tried, to, I mean, there's just so long you can hold your breath and not breathe, you know. Well, it, it tells you how far germs can fly. I know. I know. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons I typically shop at night. I do grocery sh shopping after dark mm -hmm. because the stores are rarely crowded. There aren't many people in there at all. And the sick ones are home in bed. Mm -hmm. By that time, I try not to go inside pharmacies. People who are sick go to pharmacies. So if I can do something at the pickup window, I do that. But no matter how careful you are, you get somebody who's out there who's going to... I'm miserable, so everybody else has to be miserable, too. Amen. Where's our family tonight? I think they're still sweeping off Christmas dinner. Maybe we ought to play a show. Let's play a show. All right. Let's do that. We have a show. We have a show that prompts a question in the middle of the summer, and I'm going to know which people listened to this show tonight. The name of the show is A Christmas Card from Elizabeth. Now, that sounds simple enough, doesn't uh -huh. it? Sure does. Okay. Well, Fibber is, um, he gets a Christmas surprise this time. He doesn't know who Elizabeth is. He's got a Christmas card that is signed Elizabeth. Molly doesn't know who Elizabeth is, but Fibber is feeling pretty good about himself. He's strutting around like a turkey because there's a woman out there who sent him a Christmas card. 
and he doesn't know who it is, so it must be a secret admirer. But his ego does get the better of him all the way through. So this is our Listen Hard show. Yes? You bet. So you, Patricia, going to have three questions. She has three questions. Um, also, um, listen for this. This is the, the show I asked you about the last time we played it. I asked you about this. Fibber sounds like he has a cold in this one. Okay. He never gets nasally. He never gets full. He really sounds like he was sick when he did this show. Um, and just sounds, I mean, his performance was fine. But he, he sounds like he's got a terrible cold, a head cold. So you let me know what you think. So this is a Christmas card from Elizabeth from December 21st, 1948. WMAQ and WMAQ-FM, NBC in Chicago. For incredibly fast relief from pains of headaches, neuritis, or neuralgia, try Anison tablets. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. Get A-N-A-C-I-N, Anison, today. <laughs> the Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Well, I guess there's not much doubt that the kind of beauty women want in their kitchens is practical beauty. Maybe that accounts for the popularity of Johnson's self-polishing floor wax, Glow Coat. The beauty in Glow Coat, of course, is the luster it gives your linoleum. Especially now that there's a new glow in Glow Coat. A glow that makes every inch of your linoleum shine far more brightly than before. Well, there's a practical quality in Johnson's Glow Coat, too. And that's the protection it gives your linoleum. It certainly would be surprising if you or anyone could go through the holidays without scuffing up the linoleum surface a bit or spilling liquids when you're washing the dishes. Well, Johnson's Glow Coat, bright and pretty as it is to look at, covers your linoleum with a hard, dry finish that protects and makes it so easy to clean. Ask for Johnson's Glow Coat, the floor wax that now shines with a brighter, warmer glow. Your dealer has the new Glow Coat in the same familiar yellow container with the bright red band. Take some home and see what we mean by practical beauty in the kitchen. No holiday is a complete success with everybody. Cops, for instance, hate Halloween. The Army thinks Navy Day is silly. If you're a turkey, you're entitled to a low opinion of Thanksgiving. And what a mailman thinks of Christmas is absolutely unthinkable. One of them has just relieved his aching back a trifle, however, by leaving a batch of greetings at 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. Molly! 